Welcome back to Herald Review Outside the Box Podcast. I'm sports reporter Joey Wagner or sports editor Justin Kahn and Payne of football coach Trevor Higgins. Uh, the Panthers are off to a 4-1 and one start with the lone loss coming to, to 3A Carlinville. Trevor, how would you describe the start to your season here? Uh, full of ups and downs. Um, you know, we, we started off season pretty well. We went over to Carlinville uh, week four and, man, just in the first time of my career just took a, took a butt whooping. Um, on all sides of the ball, but uh, the best thing was, I think it was kind of a wake-up call for our team. We had the best week of practice we've had all year after that, and uh, I think it, it, it kind of awoken us to what we can be, and so we came back and played a pretty pretty good game against Staunton and got back on the winning track, so sometimes you need a wake-up call in life to, to get yourself going. That was the first time for you to, to suffer a loss like that. How do you as a coach you know, kind of get yourself back and then motivate the rest of your guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, for me you just have to uh, you know, focus on that it's not, it's not the Super Bowl. Um, it's not your last game. It's not a playoff game. So you've got uh, a long season ahead. And, uh, you know, Carlinville's a very tough team. I see them going deep in the playoffs in 3A. Um, and we're a better team than what we showed. Uh, unfortunately, we just didn't show that. But uh, you got to tell your team to regroup, uh, realize that we have athletes on the team. Uh, we, we're, we're still doing well, um, and you've got a long way to go. So you can't. You, you want to learn from that, and I, we did, um, but we're not going to dwell on the fact that you know we got beat that bad over at Carlinville. As a, it's just a learning experience for us. Now, Trevor, uh, I want you to take me back a little bit here. So you, you played at Central A&M under Mark Ramsey, correct? That, yeah, that's right. Um, what years were that? So I graduated in 2003. Um, I was, I was uh, very lucky enough to uh, play in the state championship game. Uh, my junior year, we had a great senior class ahead of me. Um, and so we went over there, and uh, I believe that was uh, 01. And we played in our, the 2A state championship game at U of I. Uh, great experience for me. That's where I, I I got the love for football was playing in high school um, and trying you know trying to do everything I can to learn from from Coach Ramsey and the staff that they had there and bring that to you know our coaching staff and and our players here in Pena. So graduated in '03 and uh, very successful four years when I was in high school. A um, and M was uh, pretty pretty solid uh, all four years. So it was a great experience and and it's got me you know where I am now. It got me excited about coaching football. You know, being you know in Moequin Assumption and and you know that that sort of that Central A and M atmosphere, I guess you know growing up in that, what what was that like? I mean, was was it? You know, I mean, it just seems like it's for me. I guess I I would I consider that to be like the most exciting atmosphere as far as game nights in the area. What was that like as a player? Oh, it was exciting. Um, <laughs> I was just telling my players the other day on on Fridays we'd all uh, go out and drive around town with our windows down music blaring out our cars letting everybody know it's game day and uh, you know when, when we had the big games they had the semis uh, lined up across the field on on 51 and uh, I mean you had the the air horns you had a boomer and and his guys um, you know firing us up every game um, it, it was a playoff like atmosphere every home game that we had and and uh, it's just really exciting. Small town football is awesome. I love small town football. It's the same here. Uh, I've been very impressed with with our crowds. Um, sometimes even Pena. This is different from A and M when I was there. Sometimes our fans outnumber uh, home fans whenever we go away games. Uh, that's how much this community absolutely loves football. So it's it's there's no experience like it. it again, the reason why I'm in coaching is man I, that that feeling you get. 
you know, in the locker room right before you're ready to take the field. And I still remember getting chills every time the coaching staff would come up and do their little speech. And then, and, you know, I still get those chills today. Um, and they're, they're just not a feeling like, like it in football, uh, small town football especially. You know, when you get up, you know, really to some of the northern suburbs down in that metro east, that small town has obviously gone. That's where a lot of those, you know, higher class 7, 8 A's are from. Can you imagine, you know, yourself in that situation where it's not that close-knit group where it's, you know, there's a school every, I don't know, you know, so many miles. And it's just not, it doesn't have that same feel once you get up to those big classes. Did, did A&M kind of make you want to only stay in that small town? Absolutely. It sold me in that. Um, you know, not not only is it uh, just the small town football, but it's the relationships that you can build um, from that as well. Um, it affects the community. Um, it affects the, the school, uh, whole school. Um, you know, when, when football is doing well, there's just an excitement in the air in, in the fall when school starts. And um, small town football, I think, is just where it's at because I, I know everybody. Um, have a, I can have a relationship with every single kid and I know their names and we can talk other things than just football. So I just, I love small town football and I, I don't think I would ever see myself getting out of a, a small town. Trevor, how did you break into coaching? Well, um, so I graduated from A&M and uh, went to Richland two years for free because of uh, grades and then transferred over to Milliken. And uh, on my last semester at Milliken, I was able to student teach here in Pena. And then um, at that time, the head coach was Brad Hilbert. Yeah. And um, I actually came on late. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but I came on late and um, it was the week of the first game. And... Uh, Coach Boker asked Coach Hilbert if I could join his staff um, because he knew I was interested in football. And Hilbert said, absolutely, go ahead. And so he allowed me to, to come on staff that late in the season. Um, and I, I didn't do much. I just kind of, you know, stood around and took it all in. But um, because of uh, Coach Hilbert allowing me on staff, man, that got me fired up to be uh, a football coach. I did one year JFL um, at A&M. Um, and so that was fun. But, man, when I jumped in here in Pena with Coach Hilbert that year, uh, I knew that, that coaching football is what I wanted to do. Was that something you would realize? That, did you know for a while that you wanted to be a coach and that really backed it up, or did that kind of restart a fire? Yeah, I mean, ever since uh, I played my last down at, at A&M, um, I wasn't good enough to play college. Uh, just, I just wasn't. Um, but I knew I loved the game, and so I knew the only way I could stay in it was coaching. So I, I knew I was going to coach somewhere. Um, I didn't know in what capacity that would have been, whether JFL or high school. Um, but like I said, I mean, you know, God just gave me the path, um, and I followed it, and, you know, oh, he opened doors, and, and I'm here, and I'm blessed to be here. I love it here in Pena, and um, I've been, you know, since I've been here, lots of support from the community, the administration, players. It's, it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. So you've been in Pena that, that whole since that since Coach Hobart invited you on the staff. You've been you've been on the staff the whole time. Correct. So I was a student teacher, um, and when Hilbert took me on, and then um, when Coach Stupek took over that next year, uh, he basically uh, asked the school to hire me um, as he wanted me on staff. And that's when Coach Light, my defense coordinator, um, came on staff as well. So uh, we were able to come in with Coach Stupek, um, you know, full-time teaching jobs and, and then coaching. And, and uh, we had a good uh, eight years there with Coach Stupek, um, the way he turned this program around and, and just to be a part of that. Um, you know, learned a lot from him. Uh, still a mentor to this day for me. Uh, we still talk football and 
uh, you know, again, it's another guy that because of him, I'm, I'm where I'm at. Yeah, you know, that's something that that's been interesting to me. Was you know you played under under Mark Ramsey, who, who's like a, a small town football, really a high school football legend in the state of Illinois, who really made his bones in a small town. And then you yeah. go, and then you have Al Stupak and Pena, who, who's very similar to that. How, how much does that help you? Just having these two guys who who are so well known in the football community as guys that you could could lean on for for things as a player, and then as you're breaking into coaching. Oh, I mean, it's everything. Experience is everything. Um, and like I said, Coach uh, Coach Dupac gave me my first experience as a full-time on staff, and uh, he taught me a lot about the game, but he taught me more about um, how to how to grow positive relationships with kids and, and how to connect with kids. And um, actually he taught me, you know, that win-loss um, isn't as important as you know having relationships with these kids for for a lifelong time um and that was huge for me because when i first started man I'm, i would i would be so angry at whenever our teams would lose um my wife would even tell you that uh, i'd go home and, and she knew she couldn't talk to me until the next morning i mean that's how that's how angry i got uh, i'm a very competitive person um but that wasn't healthy and so you know it kind of took my wife first to tell me to grow up and uh, or, or get out um and then coach, you know coach Tupac just taught me a lot about you know we obviously we want we want to win um but winning isn't everything we got to win over these kids um uh, we've got to be positive role models for these kids do everything we can to help them out in life too so uh, coach Tupac was a big part of of how I coach now um compared to what I coached when I first started you know, I remember talking to you when, when we did the story about the scoreboard you guys got that was, you know, came through community funds, and you said something interesting that, you know, these scoreboards that have all the abilities to do these different things, you know, commercials and fan interactions, are important to get some of these kids out there to, to have fun. Have you seen that change, you know, just as you've been around football, the, the importance to just really the engagement with these kids and making it more fun for them rather than, you know, just hammering football home all the time? Oh man, it is so much different uh, from when I played, even, and that's not you know too long ago, uh, 2003. But um, we we just live in a different world. Um, these kids, if you try to be a drill sergeant out there with with the type of kids we have, we probably wouldn't be able to field a team. Um, these kids need uh, love more than they need a drill sergeant in our life. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to discipline our kids because um, we do, um, but. It, it, when I first started, it was kind of screaming, yelling, and, and, you know, that's how I thought coaching was supposed to be. And then, like I said, Coach Stupek, and then going through the three-dimensional coaching um, books and, and, and classes and stuff, man, it's completely different. You've got to grow relationships with these kids um, because once you do that, man, they'll respect you, and then they'll play hard for you. Um, so you don't you don't need to come in and, and cuss a kid up and down or – or call them names or, you know, uh, like I said, be a drill sergeant. You just got to love on these kids. Show them you're there for them, not only on the field, but off the field as well. Um, and, kid, and kids will come out, and kids will play hard for you, and, you know, you don't need that kind of stuff. Um, because these nowadays, if, if, if it's not fun, um, they're not going to play. I mean, that's, that's just how it is, and, at least, you know, in, in our town. Um, if it's not fun and engaging, they're, they're not going to play for you. So we try to do everything we can. We still, like I said, um, we're still a disciplined team. We just had an officiating crew do the last two games that, that did a state game last year. I had three different officials talk about how respectful our kids were on the field and on the sideline. And that's for me, is, is a big win because um, we're teaching kids a lot more than just football. 
you know, when when you came in at when you kind of started out uh, at, at Pena, you know, the, it was a good program. I mean, you guys were, you know, some years playoff, some years not, you know, and it, but it was and it was a solid program. But you you were there, you saw this program become what it is now, which is a, a perennial playoff contender and, and you know and a contender in South Central every year. I mean, is was there? A, can you kind of like name something that was the key to that, or did it just? You know, is it, has it just been a, a good run of kids, or what, what do you kind of attribute th- this, you know, kind of continued success to? Well, there, there are multiple things. Like I said, the, f- the first thing was uh, Coach Supek coming in and just changing the whole culture um, and, and making it like one big family that people wanted to be a part of. Uh, and w- once you do that, I mean, like I said, more and more kids will come out and play, um, and, and you've got to recruit the hallways and let kids know how, how important they are to the team. Even if they're not a starter, um, if they're a scout team guy, you you know you got to bring them up and and you know uh, we do this thing called put them up at the, at the end of practices where we call kids up and and we go through and everybody's got to say you know something positive about about the kid whether it's friendship off the field or on the field you know uh, their work ethic stuff like that um, you got to let kids know that they're important no matter where they're at on the team. And once that started happening, our numbers started growing. And then once our numbers started growing, you know, that's when more wins come in because, you know, you're getting the athletes out. Um, and, and we just continued on with that. Um, Coach Tupac, I think his last year was 11-1, and one, one of the best seasons that, you know, Payne has ever had. Um, and then, you know, I got real lucky. Um, well, no, I guess not lucky. I guess that's where it got into for me to be. But I got to take over a, a program um, – that was a good program. You know, most young coaches would have to go to, you know, zero and nine school, one and eight, two and seven, stuff like that, and rebuild. Um, and you know, uh, like I said, I was very happy to be where I'm at and and take over a, a good program and just put you know a few more twists and a few more things in that allow us that I think uh, you know to remain competitive and be where we're at. I think one of the things I, I was most impressed with, and, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to have to do some editing and cut this out so I don't look like a fool, but last year, I, I'm almost sure, did you guys let an opposing touchdown happen for, from, from a kid with, with special needs? Was that you guys? Yeah, that was that was over there at uh, Litchfield. How, walk me through how that happened and how this conversation came up and, and how your team responded with that. Um, well, the the kid that, that played over at Litchfield had been playing JFL and, and uh, our JFL program. Um, allowed him to score um, every year that we played him, and uh, when it t- came time for the varsity game, uh, basically we we knew the kid was still out, and, and you know we, we kind of talked beforehand beforehand with the head coach, and he said you know the kid's been out, and he's st- you know he works hard you know as hard as he can, and so when it came time later in the game, I just you know pulled an official over and I said hey let let them know if they want this kid to score. Um, you know, we'll allow that to happen. But the really cool thing about that whole thing was that that was planned. Um, but then both teams celebrating um, after the end zone was not planned. Um, that was our, you know, our kids and their kids just decided. Uh, I still remember one of our seniors said, can we go out and celebrate with them? And I said, well, we may get a penalty. But and he said, well, I don't really care. So they just took <laughs> off. Um, so that was a really cool, you know, moment. Probably one of the, the coolest moments in, in probably could be my coaching history is, is being a part of something like that and again just just showing that we're teaching more than, than football but life and how to be respectful and to everyone no matter you know uh, who they are or what they're like you know everybody's a little bit different so we got to treat each other with respect so that was a really cool moment for me you know I, I can remember the, the South Central Conference um, you know sort of 
you know, maybe 10 years ago was really a, a grinded out conference. You, you, you kind of had Greenville come in and, and, and have the spread and all of a sudden put up a bunch of points. But the rest of the conference was really, you know, it was a, it was a run the ball. It was old school. And, and now we see, I mean, the, 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 the offensive numbers in this conference are, are pretty crazy now. You just see the, yeah. these high-scoring games. And what do you attribute sort of that, that switch to? Well, um, I know I know for us as a program, we went over to Williamsville one year um, in playoffs, and um, I think we kept up them up with them for about a half, and then second half they come out and put us on a running clock. But we just saw uh, watching that film um, how they got the athletes their ball out in space, and they were able to spread out the defense, and and that's when I think Coach Stupek finally decided, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna try this out, and then as soon as we tried it out. Uh, worked really well for us, and I think I think that's what you're seeing more and more is uh, we're always the smallest team it seems like in our conference, and so we don't we don't have the guys to um, you know line up in double wing, double tight, and and get four or five yards a pop. Um, if we do, I'm okay with running that because that's what we ran in A and M, you know. And actually, that's what coming into my my coaching career, I, I knew that's what I was going to coach was double wing, double tight, and um, but you know it just. Learning more and more about the game, uh, I feel like you know if you're going to stay in coaching, you got to keep up on the trends and and what people are doing, and uh, you got to look at your athletes. And if you've got speedsters and smaller guys, then the spread offense is is you know what you need to go to. But if we ever get the year where we got some big hosses on the line and and a couple of good running backs, I have no problem you know um, going back to the old style. Uh, you know, run the ball for three yards pop and take some time off the clock because that's, that's a pretty fun game to call to for me offensively just because I played it in high school. But I think that's what you're seeing. Greenville started it, and then it just kind of trickled down. Um, you know, and we still have, like, we're playing Hillsboro this week, and they're, they're stack eye three guys in the backfield, um, but then they'll go spread some too. So you still see a few teams that are um, double wing or stack eye, but most of them are spread um, because I think of the athletes that we have. Yeah, look at – on social media, there's all sorts of different ways for coaches from, from around the state and really around the country. There, there's different hashtags at, at times that you guys can can talk with each other and and maybe from an outsider, it kind of looks like okay, they're they're just they're just talking a little bit. But how much do you guys really take from those opportunities where you can just connect through social media about just different things that I mean, I don't really understand half of the stuff I see coaches talk about, but I, I know it makes sense to you guys. How much do you guys use that stuff, just even from afar? I, I I use it a ton. Uh, I was not a big Twitter person. Um, I kind of had, you know, I got Facebook. I use Facebook for all of our announcements for our team and stuff because that seems to be where, you know, the parents are and, and easy way of communication. But um, then when uh, someone came up and was like, hey, you know, Twitter is more informational. Like if you want to follow this person who's a coach, you know, you can follow them and so I started on it, I think it was just last year, and I love it. Uh, you can, like you said, you can put a hashtag on in on anything and pull up, you know, so if I want to hashtag spread offense, man, there's just so many articles and coaches on there talking. Um, but for me, the, the most important thing for me is anytime um, Leonard's are at a, at a conference, like uh, I try to go to that. Uh, I know uh, Joseph probably gets irritated with me because offseason I'm usually – if I see something cool he's doing, um, uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever he shares, uh, I usually email him and ask him f- for details on that. Um, you know, like this last summer, I saw him go to some obstacle course, um, and it was a team building thing, but it looked real tough and like like you know really pushed kids. So I emailed him and asked him, 
you know, for details on that kind of stuff. So I really do. Uh, I, I like talking to other coaches, especially local coaches, um, because I know they're dealing with, you know, a lot of the same issues we are. Um, you know, you don't want to push kids too much in the summertime, but you got to do enough to keep it competitive. So I try to do as much as I can reading on Twitter and, and um, you know, talking with local coaches and, and getting ideas from them because, I mean, that's, that's just how we're going to keep learning, how we're going to keep growing and, and keep being competitive. Now, is there a bond with you guys who are part of this Mark Ramsey coaching tree? Because when you look around, there's a lot of guys who have played for him. You know, you're one, Weekly's one at A&M. There's all sorts of different guys who have been on his staff who are now on his staff elsewhere or the head coach somewhere. Is there a bond between you guys, or are you guys just kind of amazed at how wide that tree spreads here in the area? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm really amazed by the coaching tree because when you have a Hall of Fame coach, I just think that goes with the territory. Um, because Coach Ramsey was always a guy that that knew what he was talking about, and that was always welcoming, you know, for questions or you know if you wanted to know more about the game. Um, I know if you know if I had a question or needed something, I could call him, and, and he would he would do his best to answer. But um, you know, I, I, I email back and forth with weekly too um, from A and M, and we try to get together for seven on sevens and, and during the summer and, and stuff like that. But like I said, the the more connections that you can have as a coach, I feel the better, um, just because. You know, I, I don't know everything about the game. I'm not even close. Um, so the more I can learn, uh, the better coach I'm going to be. So, uh, you know, for me, it's just it's just a bonus to have some coaches that you can email or, or, or call and, and they actually, you know, answer you back. Um, and, you know, we're also, you know, very busy in our own lives too. So, like for me, you know, two young kids at home and the head coach and, and a whole bunch of other things that I, I take over here in Pena. Um, there's not a lot of time to just sit around, but I love going to coaching clinics. We usually hang out with Shelbyville staff um, as much as we can, Coach Duckett over there, and um, it's just nice to sit around and just talk with local coaches. I'm, I'm not a big guy into going to listening to college coaches talk because I don't think they deal with a lot of the same things we do, um, but if I, if I can find a conference or something where just local coaches sitting down talking to each other, man, I get a lot out of those. You know, uh, you mentioned the two young kids and you're a football coach, and we had Andy Romine on last week, and he, he's a, somebody who races cars in his free time or what little you guys have as coaches. What do you do outside of football to, to just kind of break away and as a hobby? Well, um, so th- th- this is where I'm a little different uh, person than I have been all my life. I've, so I've loved football. Um, and, and being in the sport, but uh, my mom actually got me into uh, playing guitar and, and singing. Um, so I actually lead worship um, at uh, First Christian Church of Winkla every once in a while, and uh, was at a church in Mount Zion for Coach Davis. He's the head uh, girls coach, basketball coach over Mount Zion. I led um, for his church for three years. Um, so I, I love sitting down. First off, my, I guess my first thing would be is, is obviously my, my family and playing with my kids and, you know, and just taking time for them. But um, outside of that, then I, I love sitting down with a guitar and playing some songs and, and singing. And uh, a lot of people hear that and they think that's very odd, but that's just, you know, the, the, the gifts that God given me and, and I'm trying to use them as best I can. Do you, do you do that you know, like with the team? Does the team know about this skill or like how, do you, how did you break that into them? Well, so some kids do. Um, we have we actually have a uh, FCA uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes chaplain um, for our team that hosts Bible studies at all the local churches and stuff that our kids are uh, 
they, they can go to um, once a week. And so I think some of those kids know. I don't know if I don't know if you ask the whole team. I don't know if they would know, but I, and I don't think that they actually understand kind of when I when I say that I think they they think you know I'm just a guy that plays around with a guitar but you know I actually like lead the band yeah. and, and lead the congregation and um, you know I, I have opened it up a few times throughout the years and let kids know when I'm doing it um, but it is a, a travel up there to Moikwa and, and a lot of kids kind of uncomfortable with that so I, they have I don't think both they've ever seen me do it um, but I'm, I'm available if they ever want to come by actually this Sunday 10:30. So this Sunday, 10.30 at First Christian Church, Moikla, if anybody wants to see what it looks like for a head football coach to play guitar and sing, they can see it. That's awesome. Now, yeah. um, one thing that uh, that always kind of stands out about you, and I, I, whenever we have like a new reporter or a photographer who may not quite know who you are, if like, hey, get a picture of, of Coach Higgins, yeah. All we had to do is say the coach in the bucket hat. We, 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 that's yeah. all. We, that's all we had to say. Is there a story or a history behind that heck? Is I, I don't know that I've ever seen you not wearing it. <laughs> well, uh, so again, when I was in high school, um, Coach Conlon was our defense coordinator. Oh yeah, and he always wore the red bucket hat. Um, and then I co- I copied him uh, when I did my one year JFL. And my, my mom got me a red bucket hat that uh, said, life is good. And so I wore that from the time I did the JFL until about two years ago, um, which, which is a really long time. And it got holes in it, and it was nasty. It smelled terrible. Um, but my mom ended up passing away of cancer in 2010. So it was kind of a, you know, moment, um, what do you call that, memento for, for me is uh, wearing that in, in honor of her. But... It, it got to the point where it wouldn't fit my head and it stunk so bad. So um, I, I basically just went online and I tried to Google um, for bucket hats. I also have a very big head. I can never find hats that fit my head. Um, so it's not because of big brain, I can tell you that. My wife did it too. Uh, but uh, I, I went on Google and, and found a spot and I was actually in Great Britain. And I designed it and uh, they sent it over to me and it fits my head perfectly. So, you know, I, I didn't wear it. For games until this year my ad actually came up and said when are you going to start wearing that for games and i said well i didn't think it was professional enough and he said absolutely go ahead so now i wear it all the time <laughs> i love it that's awesome trevor thank you i know you're on your free period right now thank you so much for, for taking the time and good luck the rest of the way and into the playoffs all right well hey i appreciate your guys coverage and allowing me to be on here i hey, appreciate it man thanks good luck. coach all right thank Bye. you